This is Quintus Curtius, and we're here again at Fortress of the Mind podcast. And this, and this podcast is going to be a reading of an article that I published today on qcurtius.com entitled, Every Man Needs His Quest. And this was an article in honor of the memory of Henry Worsley, who died a couple days ago in his attempt to cross Antarctica unaided, the first man to try to do such a feat. So we'll begin our reading of that article here. I have a lot of familiarity with the old mythologies. I love the old stories of the classical Greek and Roman myths. Even the old Norse mythology has its place, although it is so much darker, darker and more ominous. Read the original Nibelungenlied, for example, if you don't believe me. It is a gory, ghastly tale and one of great power. Or read any of the Icelandic Eddas. These are vast catalogues of blood-soaked feuds, vengeances, and contests for dominion. In other words, life. Every nation has its own traditions in this regard. India, China, Japan, and the Middle East all have their own mythological traditions. And I even talked a bit here about Kalilu Adimna recently. But of all the old myths, I love the story of Jason and the Argonauts the most. What a fantastic story, and what an incredible tale. We first find the story in written form with Apollonius Rhodius' epic Argonautica. This appeared sometime during the 3rd century BC. It's the only surviving Hellenistic poetic epic, and you might want to reacquaint yourself with this tale if you haven't heard it in a while. It is a great story. A great story. The ancients were convinced, probably rightly, that there really was a historical Jason and that he had been a real person. They they thought the same thing about Hercules as well, and we cannot be sure they were wrong. All myths, the better ones anyway, are based on fact. And the tale of the Golden Fleece is a profound one. Jason, the man with the one sandal, embarks on a quest to find the golden fleece. The purpose, ultimately, is to claim the throne that is rightfully his. But in order to claim this prize, he must endure countless hardships, countless tribulations, betrayals, treacheries, and twists of fate. Much like life, actually. What matters here, beyond anything else, is that we have a true quest in the legend of the golden fleece. There is a deliberate setting out on a journey for the accomplishment of a specific goal. In other words, a quest. Every man needs a quest. Every man needs, one, a specific objective, and two, a turbulent, brutal journey that, e- that leads either to the attainment of that goal or to its non-attainment. Let me repeat that one more time. We need objective and we need a difficult journey. Both. Not one, but both. With men, it doesn't so much matter if we attain the goal. Well, it does in some ways, but in other ways, not so much. What matters is the quest itself. The journey itself provides the crucible for the learning of the lessons. These were some of the thoughts that went through went through my mind recently when I heard of the death of British adventurer Henry Worsley. 
He died attempting to complete the first solo trek across the Antarctic. He was actually a descendant of a man, Frank Worsley, who had been with Ernest Shackleton on the latter's ill-fated polar expedition in the early 20th century. And Worsley was an interesting man. He had been a soldier in the British Army for 36 years. He commanded the British military deployment in Afghanistan in 2001, and he had served in Bosnia, Kosovo, and Northern Ireland. So he was not without experience of hardship. Reckless? Foolish? Well, you could say this about nearly any feat of exploration or discovery. Discovery is not really supposed to be rational. It's not really supposed to come from a comfortable armchair in one's living room. It is an inherently irrational impulse. Always has been. Organisms expand to fill their environment, as the biologist tells us. And men must go forth and explore and penetrate the unknown and complete their quests. This is the way it ought to be, and this is the way it is. Worsley was obsessed with Shackleton, actually. He couldn't get him out of his mind. And the peacetime civilian life must have been a crashing bore to him as well. I mean, the indignity of it. Having to listen to some bucktoothed dunce in a London pub prattle on and on about social justice. He couldn't stand it. He had to escape. Worsley had to get away, to get away, to go far, far away to follow in the footsteps of his ancestor, Frank Worsley, to retrace the steps of the great Shackleton. Some men just need to transcend the day-to-day drudgery of existence. They have to get out. They have to get away. They just can't be happy with the evening news and a plate of wretched noodles. I like Worsley's plan. It is an honorable one. He had succeeded in raising funds totaling over 100,000 pounds for injured military personnel, and he even managed to secure royal patronage for the expedition. But such projects are always risks. Always. And men will seek to follow in the footsteps of their heroes, quite literally in this case. Worsley's last audio message was somber and reflective. My journey is is at an end, he said. I have run out of time physical endurance, and a simple sheer inability to slide one ski in front of the other to travel the distance required to reach my goal. He had already crossed over 900 miles unassisted and had to stop when he was only 30 miles from his destination. But 30 miles in the polar regions can seem like 3,000 miles anywhere else. Worsley was fascinated with Ernest Shackleton, and his audio diary recounts details of his predecessor's struggles in the Antarctic a century earlier. Worsley began his journey pulling about 300 pounds of gear, food, equipment, and supplies, which would get lighter as he traveled. But fate has a way of not cooperating with what we want. And Worsley, like Jason wearing the one sandal, was overwhelmed by events. He could not return to take his throne. He had contracted a bacterial affliction called peritonitis, and even though he was flown to a hospital in Chile, he died shortly thereafter. But he expired on his quest. It was his and not someone else's. 
He was the one-sandaled Jason entering the kingdom of Peleus and demanding his inheritance. And he got it. I won't say he almost got it, because his quest was his, and he expired while carrying it out. It is not easy to leave this world wrapped with this kind of dignity. When his battered body was lifted out of the stark white desolation of the southern poles, it was not so much as a victim, but as a victor. Because all that matters is the quest. Everything else is just conversation. I do not sing his funeral dirge. I celebrate his quest. A victor returning to claim his throne. We should all be so lucky. This will conclude the podcast for today. I'm Quintus Curtius. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would ask that you go to iTunes and rate me on iTunes. And if you've purchased one of my books, I would ask that you go to Amazon and write a short review of one of my books. It all helps. Until next time, and we come back to you with Fortress of the Mind, I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.